Welcome to the uh, compact mouse cast. <laughs> Mices are small. <laughs> Everybody knows this, but nobody wants to talk about it. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> what are they? What are they? Touchy subject here. Okay, <laughs> mouses are small. What's the big deal? Okay, smaller than a guinea pig. Why don't you buy one of them? <laughs> Instead of feeding them to your snakes. I'm glad that we're finally getting into some deep theological subject matter this week. <laughs> okay. All right. I think I Should we start for real? I think we're ready. Okay. I think at least part of that was probably good for a cold open. <laughs> and we need to do more of that, I think. I like it. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Are you good? Are you okay? Um yeah, I'll be I'll be okay as, as soon as we get through the I'm Zach and I'm Colin part and then we do nothing silly. Right. Was a Doc Holiday that was like, what are you, a lunger, boy? <laughs> lunger. <laughs> I'm Zach. And I'm Colin. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the Houseplants Plants Podcast. Podcast. We are here to talk about music, music ministry, and the media of Jesus. I'm sorry, go ahead. We're here to talk about music, media, and the mission of Jesus Christ. And tons of other cool stuff. Lots of other stuff. We're having a lot of fun this week. We're being silly billies over We're here. We're being silly because that's really the only way we can get through the subject matter this week. Please forgive us ahead of time for getting into something that's a deep theological discussion. This is possibly like the most philosophical that we're going to get. So not that we don't believe in being philosophical, but we also believe in raising discussions, not creating debate. Yeah. Well, I mean, good debate. So we don't want to go over anybody's head because we're already kind of going over our own heads with We've some We've admitted this. this before and we'll yep. admit it again that we are not uh, authorities. We are not uh, necessarily experts, but we do strive daily to understand the scriptures. That's right. And so we're talking about conscience this week. And we'll get more into that in just a second. But first, would you like to sing a song? I would. But before we get started, Zach... What is the song and why did you write it? The song is called Immovable and it's from back in the college days. So it's actually one of the ones on Imperfect Metamorphosis that you can find on Spotify. Zach has an album out called Imperfect Metamorphosis. I, when I first met Zach, played a little bit of piano on some of them. You're on most of the tracks. Yeah. But this was way before me and Zach started getting really heavily into ministry together. I was just a guy that hung out with him at college for a while. I knew like two people who played piano. And so I came over like to your apartment and just said, like, just play along with this song and I'll record yeah. you. <laughs> Notice that out of the two people, he picked me instead of Cameron. So <laughs> if the debate has been raised, then it's over. I'm he better. was, he was in a different band at the time and he used to dress as a Yeti. So fun oh, fact, that's, that's fun yeah. for all of our listeners who know Cameron. Yeah. Okay. So So, anyway, the song is called Immovable and um, it is from the voice of like a Christian friend speaking to other people who are either not believers or maybe they're making some poor choices in life, Mm. um, regardless of whether they are a believer or not. And so I was having things like that kind of happen in my life. And um, the people would say like, well, that's easy for you to say, you know, Mm. you're such a goody two shoes Christian over here. And so, you know, it's kind of explaining that, like, no, it's it is kind of hard. And the only reason um, why I'm able to, like, somewhat get along with the struggle is because of the power of God inside me. And so that's kind of explaining this and just sort of a plea, like, you know, like you can have this, too. It is not based on, like, my own 
coolness or anything like that. Mm. It's all God. So here he goes. Let's do it. Oh, was that your strings? Oh my goodness. I'm Wesley so Willis is still in play. I'm sorry. I don't know what's wrong with this. I'm sorry. Let's go. Check out it. our Patreon to know like what led up to that. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, we're going <laughs> to we're have a lot of silly stuff. I'm sorry, Zach. Go ahead. This is a movable. I'm not 
not saying you have to be just exactly like me you may be better off not like me at all but i can point you to a source that lasts forever maybe he'll get a hold of you and then we'll stand immovable amen amen it's a song of being concerned for other people <laughs> who needs to do that but being confessing also of yourself <clears throat> i have a confession to make yeah while I was playing that song, I was really concerned about what I was doing because I'm kind of new to this song. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, so was I. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. I was like off pitch like as soon as I came in, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll tell you this. The magic of editing means that all this stuff I'm about to say, I could just completely block out of the podcast, but I won't because it's kind of funny. And we'll just leave it <laughs> Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, let's pray and you guys should pray for us, even though you're listening to this like weeks and weeks later um you know we're trying to make our way and figure out what god wants to do with us with this podcast and it's really cool that we get to continue to discover that and uh, i want to thank you guys for like supporting us and stuff yeah we we just we're trying to be led by the spirit just like every good christian should and um so this podcast just comes out of that out of our our willingness to be led and our um disciple spirit Cool, cool. You want to pray for a sec? Yes. Father, we just thank you so much um, that you have given us work to do here by uh, being faithful and looking at your word and discussing issues in the modern church and some other things from our perspective that's different than anybody else's. And um, I thank you that you have called us to that, that you've put that work before us, ask that we can just do that faithfully tonight as we record. And I ask that you would just um, open our hearts up to hearing from you uh, so that we lean not on our own understanding, God, but on your good and faithful understanding. And um, it's on that faithfulness that we want to just put our trust. It's in your son's holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So I want to talk about two guests that we had on um, because it's going to play in a little bit. So we had Jake. Yep. Our first official guest. Yeah. Though he Skyped in. Episode three. And so when we asked him what he would like to see different about the church, what was that little soundbite that he said? He said, um... I'll try and do my best Jake voice. I hope people pledge allegiance to Jesus. <laughs> I can't really do his voice. I like how in order to do a Jake voice, you had to like smile. Yeah, his, his mouth uh, smiles when he says theological things. Yeah, he's he says it with a smile on his face, and we appreciate that. <laughs> so pledge allegiance to Jesus. Yeah. So then we have Christy, who talked a little bit about the enemy and how the enemy can lie to us, right? That's true. Okay, so if you guys haven't heard that yet, check it out. It's episode three for Jake and episode five for Christy Duncan. And then Ken also said, "That's you true." Be willing to say no. That's true. Which sort of plays in. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so let's intro this really quick. Okay. What we're talking about is the theme of conscience, and can your conscience be Christian? Can it be something from God? Is it something that we are supposed to um, follow or is it something that we're supposed to submit 
Um, and can it ever be helpful at all? I want to read a quote from Martin Luther. Um, and so he was asked at one point to recant his beliefs and his beliefs like kind of had to do with, um, he was calling to account, um, the Catholic church at the time had nailed the 95 thesis to the door that a lot of us have heard of. Um, and he was just basically saying like, guys, we got to rely on scripture and, um, we got to do a better job of being the church. And they were like, no, you got to like, um, recant everything you just said. So here's what he said to, um, the council that was called to kind of like convict him. He said, unless I am convicted by scripture and plain reason, I do not accept the authority of popes and councils for they have contradicted each other. My conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and will not recant anything for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. Here I stand. I cannot do otherwise. God help me. So what do you think about where we're going tonight with this? (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you this right now. Um, (laughs) Martin Luther, I respect a whole bunch, but uh, I got to say, Zach, you really didn't say that correctly. You being German, a Kratzer, I want to hear it in the native tongue that Martin (laughs) Luther said it in. Could you go ahead and do that for me? Hold on, wait. (laughs) <laughs> I see you right now. You don't have to do that. I'm just teasing. Uh, wait. <laughs> Mind the conscience. <laughs> My conscience does good. <laughs> when ich nicht. <laughs> Hold on, wait. They can't hear that. I can hear it. Yeah, but it's not recording. Okay, here we go. Oh, here we go. Wenn ich nicht durch die Heilige Schrift und die einfache Vernunft überführt werde, ich akzeptiere die Autorität der Päpste und Konzilier nicht. Da <lacht> sie sich widersprechen, kein Gewissen ist an das Wort Gottes gebunden. Ich kann und will nichts zurückziehen, denn gegen das Gewissen zu gehen ist weder richtig noch sicher. Hier stehe ich. Ich kann nicht anders. Gott helfe mir. God help from me. <laughs> so I heard um, some some weird stuff in there. Zach, can you address some of that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. What did you want to know? I want to know what it's time to fear. <laughs> okay. So here's the deal. Yeah. The word conscience in there is from what from what I'm deriving from that is when he says my conscience is captive to the word of God. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts of that. Mm. So there is therein lies the truth of conscience for me. Yeah. Now, we're going to get into it more. And again, this is a heavy-handed subject, so we're not trying to get too theological. I will preface this again by saying we are not the authority on this, mm-hmm. but we definitely have been striving to understand the scriptures throughout the preparation for doing this podcast episode because it is important for the current climate of the world. Um, and especially the church as a body. Um, yeah, I definitely think that. So do yeah. you think that uh, the word conscience is becoming more and more prominent in Christian circles? It, not to be unkind to anybody who uses the word conscience, but I think it's thrown out like um, salt and sugar packets at the <laughs> restaurant of your choice. 
Right. We. I think that it is a. I think that it is a all-encompassing word that shouldn't be all-encompassing. Mm. Or used to justify things. Or used to justify yeah. things. Yes, absolutely. But then by the same token, and I guess what I'm still wrestling with is, can it ever be a good thing? You know, is it mm. something that plays into our morality? Sure. Um, as something that I guess is kind of a natural witness within us that tells us what our values are and kind of speaks to that. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, so... Yeah, we're about to get into the to the meat of this thing. And we both are still wrestling with this because even right. as we go, even as we started to kind of record this episode, we sat down and talked before this. And I think we're still like not completely clear <laughs> on everything that we think about it. All I can um, tell you is the broad strokes of like there are things in the scripture that are hard to nail down 100 percent. Yeah. And then there are things that are absolutely irrefutable in the scripture. Yeah. And so I think that getting closer to irrefutable in the scripture is good, but also it's always good to be seeking new understanding. So yeah, I think that, um, I think that's part of what we're doing tonight is seeking deeper understanding about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, before we get into it, I want to just, just throw this out there. as just a thing for people to maybe keep a mind of. And that is that in, in today's world, we deal a lot with something I call language politics. Yes. And so before I get before we talk about what the scripture says and some of these articles we looked up, we want to I want to say that a lot of justification that happens today and as far as like arguing mm. or, or trying to make your point across is that when I say a word to you and I say this is you are this or uh, I am do I am doing everything with with this, like my conscience or something. Does does your understanding and my understanding link up on what that yeah. word means? Yeah. And we hit that speed bump, even the two of us. Right. Two people who know each other very well. And so not to not to um, to grade against any. I'm not going to bring up too many too many topics or yeah. anything, but there are plenty of situations if you look them up. Uh, of people debating on what a word means or what. Yeah. And and if if you get stuck on that, then you end up arguing over the meaning of the word and not about the direction that um, you're supposed to be discussing. <laughs> so that's not something that would ever happen, like in a church small group or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Nobody so, would ever just argue over semantics for an hour. Right. So like, I mean, even and, and this is just an example beyond conscience. If I said the word. um. Schleben, schlaben. <laughs> if I said the word baptized, yeah, and you said, "Oh, right," like baptized in water, and I said, "No, <laughs> baptized in the Holy Spirit." Yeah, yeah, that's a that's just a small example. Of course, we know that baptism, you know, in the Scripture can mean both those things. But when you get into the politics of language and what things mean, things get a lot more muddier and uh, you begin to lose sight of what you were originally talking about. Mm -hmm. So just bear that in mind tonight when we discuss this, because conscience is a word that gets thrown around a lot. So this is where if this were an an academic paper, we would say, like, we define conscience as. Yeah. So do we want to go through that first? What are the things in the scripture that that sway us and and how do we define those things? Is that what we're going to go through This is Colin. Colin is a character on the podcast. Colin is the protagonist of the podcast. A protagonist is defined as. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. So we talked about like forces that pull on us 
And we were kind of defining things that way. Right. Like what might motivate or draw a person into a certain action or behavior or what might speak to us. Yeah. What are our motivations essentially? Yeah. And what are our forces, like our unconscious motivations in a way too? Yeah. But yeah, go ahead, Zach. Sorry. Okay. So we kind of defined three and even the first one we thought like there might be even kind of a split. Um, but depending there, on where it is in the scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's God. And then the natural good that comes from God. And we did not create that. Like that is something that's That's not a theory that we created. That is outside of your conscience. What is objectively right and wrong. Right. Is that fair to say? Well, um, in the in the Old Testament and in a few places, God talks about how um, people's understanding of right and wrong is like already like inherently in them. Mm -hmm. And God can judge them based on that in the old Testament back in, back in the old, old Testament. So there is a, but I guess what I'm defining is God and the natural law is something that is outside of us, but we can have some awareness of it, right? That God has given us. Yes. Yeah. So, so there's been arguments that have come up about a lot of different things that we won't get into, but people have asked the question, how do you like, you know, an atheist might say we, everybody knows what being good means. Like everybody knows what it means to be good. And so a lot of Christians would counter that by saying, how do you know? What's your reference? Yeah. And so in the Old Testament, there is this natural goodness that people can feel even before the Holy Spirit approaches them, even before God approaches them and audibly talks to them in the Old mm-hmm. Testament. So that that is the that is the first one, the natural good. That's what we're defining there. Yeah, sure. And... Yeah, I mean, there's debate, I think, even whether that exists. <laughs> there is people who would debate yeah. that. But I think there is a very, very strong scriptural understanding of it. Yeah, for but, the Christian, for sure, even for the theist, um, non-Christian agnostic type, like there's something, mm-hmm. there's some kind of higher ideal that's outside of us. See, we already told you that it's going to get yeah. wordy like this. I'm yeah. sorry, but that's as, right. th- that's as heavy as this topic is. So, so the ahead. second thing is evil, Satan, right? I think everybody understands that one. Yeah, that's that's a force that is opposed to God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I and I knew I do know some people might even say that just the idea of like opposing or going against God or or, or anything the idea of of being set apart from God can seem like Satan as yeah. well like maybe that ideally is that's what that is, but I do I am I am a firm believer that Satan is a real th- person. And that is a palpable force. And I'll throw out the scripture. Um, Even the fact of evil itself can't exist without good. Absolutely. That's kind of a ancient church father view. Right. Um, that it like leeches off of good. So that would be the bad swaying, swaying away from God. Being so there's, pulled away. Yeah. So Pluto comes to a moral dilemma and mm. Pluto has angel Pluto and devil Pluto. that's right the two people sitting on your shoulders yes okay (laughs) all right now we get to the big one our conscience Mm -hmm. so colin how do you define our conscience then based on the the forces that pull us yeah based in this framework that we're talking about okay so before we get too heavily into scripture because again i'm still not 100 percent, but i believe that conscience feels it feels to me like it is strictly our understanding of moral morality. Mm, yeah. So our human like sensibility of it. So yeah. without knowing Jesus Christ or God, and I saw somebody kick a puppy, 
I'm going to say that doesn't sit right with my conscience, but um, I also believe that could be as a result of the natural good in me. Yeah. Now, I think things change a lot when the Holy Spirit gets involved. But I think a non-Christian person sees conscience in that same way. But I do believe that it is possible. It almost happens regularly for conscience to believe something is good when it's not good. Yeah, it totally can. There's no reason why it can't, right? And I think the reason for that is that it's based on our human understanding, not God's understanding. Right, yeah. So, like, one thing to understand, I guess, is um, this issue of total depravity, which is something that I'm really not aware of any Christians who who don't really agree on this, that sin has, like, altered the image of God in us. Mm. Um we were made with these certain um, some people call them faculties. Yeah, that just means like an ability. So natural ability to kind of discern um, right from wrong. Um, God created us with that, um, but sin has twisted it and made it hard to really see. And that's what total depravity means. Now, there's some, I think, debate between certain sections of Christianity. Some would be more of like the Calvinist leaning where. Like God chooses certain people and zaps mm. them with an amount of grace so that they can like break through that and see Jesus. Yeah. Um, but others believe that there's a there's like a form of prevenient grace that everybody is restored like just a little bit like. And so, you know, when C.S. Lewis talks about like um, everybody knows, like when you get on the on the bus, like you shouldn't like just shove somebody off the bus. That's like basic morality. Right. That has to come from somewhere. Right. I mean, and yeah. So is that how you define? Con- I didn't ask you. How do you define? Yeah. It? Yeah. I mean, it's similar to what you what you said. It's it's our faculty, our ability to discern right from wrong. I think that if it lines up with scripture and the ultimate goodness that we talked about before, um, mm. it's only because God allowed us to see enough of it, you know, just a piece. So, even. so, so let me ask this as a follow up. That's you. before being a Christian. That's yeah. just natural without Christ. Right. So yeah. let me, so let me ask this cause this comes up a lot. Um, some people would argue atheists and Christians, I suppose yeah. that like people are just born good. Right. Or people are born bad. Hmm. So some people will say like, we're all just like savage creatures and it's God that, I, I would honestly say out of the, if I only had to pick two, I would say we're probably born savage more than I would say we're born like perfectly good. We're certainly born with a sin nature. Right. Yeah, that's clear. And if you, because um, the cliche is to say, like, if you don't believe that, just, you know, hang out with a two year old. Right. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. We, um, well, like, that's the thing though. I mean, I think there, I think there is such a thing as innocence. Yeah. But I think that innocence means that you don't know <laughs> anything sure. and you're just sure. experiencing the world now. But like, I hear a lot of people make that claim that, you know, like, Oh, people are just born inherently good. And it's only by, you know, experiencing the world that we start to be bad. And it's like, well, I'm not so sure that's true because like you said, we all have the, yeah. like the, we are basically all cursed with being sinful. <laughs> like, in our yeah. Heart. We have the potential and it's so strong in us that pretty much all of us are going to fall short. I mean, we are all going to fall short. Of yeah, the I don't think that, I don't think it's point. possible. Not pretty much. Jesus Every Christ single is the one. only one I think. In, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So let me just. So, OK, we've gotten we've gotten this far. 
you guys are with yeah. us in this discussion because again, it is still a discussion. It's not us saying what's right and wrong. This is just our understanding. Mm, yes. But um as far as as far as me and Zach are concerned, uh like like we had discussed, we understand it to be uh our faculty or our understanding, you know, the the tools that we have to decipher right and wrong in the world. If you have a different opinion on this, feel free to send us a message. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that would be Wouldn't so that be great. cool? <laughs> we might go ahead and make a post maybe after this podcast at some yeah, point and just ask yeah. people. And then on our next podcast that we record, we might do a shout out to a few people. I'm trying to find it because we actually have a phone number that you can call and uh, leave a message. Oh, yeah. Our Gmail phone number. That would be really fun. Where is that? It's not on our Facebook right now, which I'm pretty sure I put it on there. Mm. But it's OK. Got deleted or something, but I'll put it back up there. There's a phone number that you can actually call. So, so, okay. W- let's go back to that Martin Luther quote before we take any step further. Cause now okay, that we, sure. now I'm that interested. we have come through to conscience and kind of deciphered it a little bit, we get back to this part that I really enjoy. And it says, I do not accept the authority of popes or councils for they have contradicted each other. That's the first thing. Yeah. And then the second thing is my conscience is captive to the word of God. So, Have you heard of Sola Scriptura? What that, is Sola Scriptura? That is like the the reformers like motto and it's Latin for like scripture alone. Mm. It doesn't mean okay. that like you will like never listen to anything else, but it basically means that like scripture is going to be first no sure. matter what. Well, he yeah. he he defines it right there. Uh, his conscience is captive to the word of God. And, and until like maybe yesterday when you and I had that big long discussion, yeah. I might not have considered that conscience can like I mean, you had put it in a way, you had phrased it in a way that says that conscience can be swayed. And then when I read yeah. the scripture more deeply, I I agreed. Yeah. Um by and so what he is saying is his conscience has lined up with the word of God and because of that he can't recant what he is saying mm-hmm. because and captive f- to it not even just lining up but like subordinate to it you yeah know? okay he has submitted himself to scripture right yeah and I and there are people right now that are 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 saying that about yeah. certain topics so yeah. we have to really understand better what we're what we're talking about and I think that as we go through this podcast we'll get a little deeper into that yeah so so we both kind of looked up some articles on this. Because we wanted to see what other people out there were saying. We found some very interesting stuff online that we will link to in the show notes. Yeah. Um, The first one is actually by a writer at the Gospel Coalition called What is Conscience by Joe Carter. Yeah. And he listed five things. And I think it's pretty interesting because we had we had some thoughts about what he said. Um, Yeah. But there's five like aspects of conscience that he mentioned. Number one. Uh, is that it's an internal faculty, meaning kind of what we said before. It's like our our natural ability to understand right from wrong. Um, so it's a natural thing that's endemic to humankind. Yeah. Right. Um, two, it's a trustworthy guide only when guided by scriptures and the Holy Spirit. That I definitely agree with. Right. Um, I agree, too. You can't just go out there and be like, um, yeah, I'm just only listening to my conscience because scripture says, the heart is deceitful above all things. Right. Um, the third thing is that it's, um, you need to subordinate it to the revealed word of God. And, uh, I think that lines up really well with what Martin Luther was saying that his, yeah, uh, that it's captive to the scriptures. 
Um, but the fourth one that we thought was really weird. And the one that kind of gets gets me to start rethinking what he's saying. We'll talk bit. about this a little bit. But uh, number four in his article was to disobey conscience is sin. Mm. So he's basically saying, like, maybe you feel in your conscience that dancing is wrong, even though, like, scripture doesn't say it is. Um, if you feel that way and you you were to go and salsa dance, for instance, you would be committing right. a sin because you're committing a sin against your own conscience. Right. That I, I, I just don't know if I really understand that point of view. What or, do you think about it? Well, or, or, or the, um, I mean, if his point is that if you see something that is actually wrong happening and you yeah. don't like, and you do something opposed, like you do not oppose it. Or in the same way, if you do something you would normally oppose, then it's like evil. But the problem, again, that we have run into, which we're going to discuss, is that mm-hmm. our conscience is not infallible. Yeah. The same yeah. way that God's word is infallible. It definitely is not. Um, and so to disobey our our human conscience, which is how I define it, yeah, does not necessarily mean that we're doing the wrong thing in God's eyes. Yeah. Like if 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 I said... To someone who is a vegan, which I wouldn't because my wife Mm. is pretty much a vegan. Right. But uh, if I said to a vegan who was a principled vegan and I said, listen, you have to come over to my my house tonight and my mom's making dinner and it would be very impolite if you did not eat her chicken. (laughs) She slaved over the stove over it. And then the person reluctantly ate it and then said later, my conscience was telling me not to eat this, but I did it out of respect. And now I hate myself for it. Yeah. Now, whether or not eating chicken is right or wrong. Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Does. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> does, does eat that, <laughs> does that mean that it lines up with scripture? I would say not always. And maybe sometimes. It yeah. Would be very, yeah. Very far so off. would you say because that person violated their own conscience that they sinned in some way? I don't know that I would take it that far. I wouldn't either. The only way that it would make sense is if somehow you believe that your conscience completely lined up with God every step of the way, which I don't think is possible. I don't think it's possible either. And, you know, I've had kind of the same thing where I've had close friends and family who are vegetarians and some it's been for health reasons and that's kind of a different thing. Uh, But some, like you said, it's been for a principled reason. I believe it's wrong to kill an animal, they'll say. Um, Right. So, you know. Like when, especially when I was younger, that kind of tripped me up a little bit. Yeah. I was like, well, why hasn't God told me that it's wrong to kill animals? Like you believe it so much. Like, why am I not convicted about that? And so I had to just kind of go like, I don't really understand this, but like, I guess I can respect you for feeling convicted about that. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, for me, for me, it's, it's important that we understand that we cannot lean on our own understanding. That's right. And there are times when our conscience may be saying one thing and God may be saying a different thing. Yeah. And that's where I will have to disagree on that. But what does the fifth one say? It says that conscience can be suppressed by sin. Um, and I, I think that's really interesting that he makes both that point and the previous point yeah. because that almost contradicts itself. <laughs> yeah. What if, what if your conscience is um, suppressed by sin, let's say, and you believed something that was totally opposite <laughs> right. of what the Bible uh, said, but right. you went against your own conscience? I don't know. Yeah, that would be that would be a case where the devil was causing you to stumble. Yeah. Which we will talk about more as well. Yeah. 
And as a result of doing that, you would potentially make a decision that was counteractive to what God is calling you to do. Do you think that um, that it could ever work as a double negative? Like if Hannibal mm. Lecter believed in his conscience that it was right to eat humans and that he should eat humans, mm. but then he uh, he didn't, and he felt like I violated my own conscience. Like, what, did he sin? <laughs> right, but that's what I'm saying. What <laughs> did I'm he saying sin is by not eating a person. Right. What I'm saying is that like that's why that argument can't really work because yeah. if you do something against your own conscience, but that thing happens to be. Uh, if you don't do something and your conscience is eating away at you, but the thing you didn't do was sin, then yeah. then you're doing the right yeah. thing, but your conscience will say you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. So it's, we, it's, it's, I don't know that we see that very often. We don't, but I but think it's possible for we, sure. We don't because a lot of people in today's day and age follow their conscience first. Right. And that's that's our issue. Yeah. That we're running to running into as a church. Not to not to throw anybody under the bus, but. We have uh, we have seen that uh, time and again. Now you can just observe that in our world. Everybody's right. seen that. Yeah. So now you had made the argument that our conscience can line up with Scripture, especially if we devote ourselves to turning our conscience towards the things of God and, and like kind of uh, conforming our heart yeah. to His wish. That's what um, that's what being born again seems to be all about. Um, Sanctification. God, God, sanctification is the process where God purifies you, makes you right. holy, prepares you for holy living. Sure. And I I got to believe that that's consistent mm. um, with what scripture says about it um, because he removes those fallen faculties and restores them back right. closer to the image of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you put you put um, so we put the other article on here, which seems to sort of be the other the other side of this argument. Yeah. Now, this would be a little bit closer to how I feel about it, but I think you can also take it to the opposite extreme as well. But Mm -hmm. um, this is Baker's Evangelical Dictionary of Biblical Theology, and it's just entitled Conscience. The article called Conscience. And it's by Gary T. uh, Medors, I guess is how you say it or. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he he kind of lists a few things. I think in his article he actually says like first, second, and third, but we kind of condense some of his info because it's actually a pretty long article. You should read it. Um, it's very it's it's interesting. He 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 quotes a lot of scripture. He quotes a lot of stuff about um, the words used, which again goes back to our language politics on what conscience yeah, means. Yeah. About how in the Old Testament the Hebrews language didn't really use a word that is fairly close to conscience. The only thing they could find close is like the Hebrew word for heart. Yeah. But then later in the new Testament, there is a lot of using of the, the conscience in the Greek, especially Paul talked about it, especially a lot of Paul's writing. Yeah. And so what, what this article goes into is a lot of stuff about like what conscience is and what it's not. So I'll just read a few bullet points that uh, you had, you had condensed as we were reading. An aspect of self-awareness that causes us to feel a certain way about the world based on our values. Yeah. So he kind of does a conclusion at the end where he kind of sums this up. But maybe conscience in what he's arguing is not the totality of your self-awareness. Right. Which is an interesting thought. It's just an aspect of it 
Yeah. That is based on the way the way that like you feel about a certain morality or a certain value. And you are more than your conscience, which is interesting, too, because people put conscience kind of above everything these it, days, it, which is dangerous. You're not opinion. just a walking conscience with like a meat suit that like runs around right. like and see and and I'm not going to I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus again, but I do feel like the idea of being led by your feelings alone can mm-hmm. be a little dangerous. And this article sure really outlines that the conscience seems to stem from the way we feel about certain things. Not saying he is right or wrong. I'm just saying yeah. that, like that's how he's defining it. And then he goes on to say inward it's inward capacity God provided as a means of moral restraint. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gave it to us. We are we are creations of God. Our, uh, the, yeah. Us, everything that we are is a creation of God, just like everything in the world is a creation of God. Um, and uh, so yeah. God gave it to us. Right. Yeah. It's a ser- uh, so he said it's a servant of a value system. First Corinthians, a weak conscience is one without a proper knowledge and causes guilt. The issue um, from Romans 12. Yeah. Um, but also a. Uh, I'll, I'll just sum this up because this is a little wordy, I know. So I'll just say that I'll, I'll go ahead and read his conclusion for this. Okay. And I'll just make sure, I'll just make this like the the way he yeah. sums up the whole So it's article. Gary Meters in the Conscience article. And he says, conclusion, conscience is an aspect of self-awareness that produces the pain and or pleasure we feel as we reflect on the norms and values we recognize and apply. Conscience is not an outside voice. It is an inward capacity humans possess to critique themselves because the creator provided this process as a means of moral restraint for his creation. The critique conscience exercises related to the value system which a person develops. Romans 12, 1 and 2 makes the point that God desires that his creation conform to divine values by a process of rational renewal. The scriptures provide the content for this renewal. So when you mentioned sanctification and renewal, yeah. um, I think that this article makes the claim that you you will always be able to relate to the scriptures as far as what's right and wrong. Yeah. The the values listed in the scriptures dictate what is right and wrong. And if you hone your conscience to it, you will be on the right path. Yeah. I think that that's part of God kind of restoring us. And I, I feel like, at least in my experience, I can say that um, – since giving my life to Christ and and wanting to follow and honor him better every day, mm-hmm. what I try to do is I look at scripture and as I, as I read it more and more, fall more and more in love with Jesus. Right. The scripture rings true in my heart more so than like convicts or condemns. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. We mentioned sanctification, Zach. Yeah. Where, where does the Holy Spirit come into play? Let's talk about sanctification. I mean, it is a work of the Holy Spirit. Okay. I so mean, it is the Holy Spirit working in you. And um, somebody said, I think it was uh, one of my professors, he was saying, like, we shouldn't talk about it in terms of, like, I want more and more of the Holy Spirit. Because actually what's happening is um, we want the Holy Spirit to have more and more of us. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, again, going back to that captive to the word of God that Martin Luther talked about. Yeah. And so, yeah, the other thing I liked about that Baker, um, Gary T. Meters article, uh, he talks about 
how the conscience is only the monitor of the worldview. So really all the conscience does is it, it reflects like your values on the inside, but mm-hmm. your values on the inside have to be changed by Christ. So the answer is not to go and listen to your conscience, but to let the values of scripture inform and reform your conscience. Right. I and think I, that's something that only the Holy spirit can do. So, so, yeah. so I will play devil's advocate to myself because I lean more towards the idea of the, just sticking with the authority of scripture and, mm-hmm. and letting that be your guide. And then hopefully your conscience will conform to it. But I will say yeah. that there are times in the scripture when people didn't know anything about the authority of scripture yeah. and were just basically going off like the good Samaritan, you know, yeah, and uh, other examples of people that just did good things. But again, we come back to this idea of the natural good that everybody mm-hmm. knows is inherent in the world, like the the ideas of right and wrong. But as the Holy Spirit gets involved, we don't need to use this vague idea of right and wrong anymore. We have a like a moral compass living in us. Yeah, it's Jesus Christ, you know, or you know, the Holy Spirit. Uh, living in in our soul Mm -hmm. and so when we get there what happens zach well here's here's another thing that i think is a fair assessment uh but i could be wrong okay um but what it seems like to me is that there's a difference in how the holy spirit is talked about from the old testament to the new it's the same holy spirit right same person of the trinity but how it how he relates to us changes because Christ is the doorway that we can enter into God's presence. Right. So, um, for instance, there are a lot of times like, like David is like leading battle or leading worship. And it says that the Holy spirit rested upon him. You know, you can think of it as this image of like the Holy spirit's often portrayed as a dove. You know, I I just imagine like a bird coming and sitting on your shoulder. Like the Dove Award, the the symbol of the Dove. Mm -hmm. The Dove Awards, yes. Yes. So um, Michael W. Smith, Mm -hmm. he's leading worship and the Holy Spirit comes down and just perches right there. That's Old Testament logic. Sure. But with New Testament, with Pentecost, with the change that happens. Yeah, it begins to say you are filled with the Spirit. So the other thing, too, is remember uh, we talked in a previous episode about when Jesus, uh, when we talked about Lent, when Jesus is like led by the spirit. Yeah. So in the different scripture, now let me get back to this cause I already looked this up, but yeah. I think in one of them, it actually says he's filled with the spirit. Let me get there and I'll tell you guys for sure. Okay. Yeah. From Egypt. Temptation. But it's, a, it's a closer relationship led, led by the spirit to be tempted in Matthew. But yeah, um, yeah. I, I almost I, I, I don't I don't want to go searching around the scripture again. I don't have that prepared. But I think that, um, like you said, there is a there is an outside leading of the spirit and then there is being mm-hmm. filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. Is that what you're saying? That yeah. There's a distinct thing in the scripture about that. Yeah. It seems like anyone can be kind of led by or listen to the spirit or have mm. the spirit on them. Yeah. Um, but when you're a Christian, when you're renewed by Christ, then you have the potential to have the spirit in you. It's a much closer relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like our lifeline, essentially. Yeah. If you're on a game show, it's so, like you can call Jesus whenever you feel like it. So in that thought, can your conscience become Christian? Mm. So by the, by the changing of your spirit through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Can your conscience conform to be 
um, upright. Yeah. Righteous. Yeah. And just. See, now, I think that anything is possible for God. Yeah. But I think, again, the wording gets a little weird when you involve conscience, because if if we redefine conscience as your human choice to make a moral decision, Mm -hmm. yeah, then, yes, I think that the Holy Spirit can change your choices to be good choices. Well, can change your like capacity to like, okay, I know that I need to choose. And because I have the Holy spirit, I have the ability to choose. Like I'm not automatically going to fall. Right. Yeah. So, so again, it's, it's, I know it's a weird and semantics mostly or whatever you call that when you're just saying the same thing, tomato, tomato, but um, there's also that phrase of like having a clear conscience. Yeah. And so when we talk about it in that way, I think that it also reflects this idea that, you don't feel any guilt over doing what you are doing. Yeah. Like I have a clear, I have a clear conscience about yeah. this. Yeah. And so, but you know, like anything else with being human, you can experience a clear conscience and not realize. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So again, we come back to this idea that if we're not yeah. lining up with the scripture, if we're not lining up with what God's intentions for yeah. our life are, our conscience can be misled. Right. Yeah, I guess the most important thing to me is just to let people know that when you do experience the grace of Christ um, and you are changed on the inside, you can see that deception happen to you less. Yes. Because you begin to get to know scripture. And so I guess knowledge is involved. But it's not necessarily a thing where you have to be smart. No. It's just a thing where like. It's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Wisdom. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And wisdom is talked about in the scripture in a whole lot of places is a good thing. It's what you yeah. want. <laughs> exactly. The yeah. wise, like every proverb or uh, uh, mm. Solomon's writings, yeah. it's like the wise man does this, the fool does that. Yeah. But in no way does that say like the wise man knows calculus. Yeah. It's like the wise man knows to treat his wife with respect or whatever. Or the wise man yeah. knows to keep his mouth shut, but a fool has like a wagging tongue and, <laughs> you know, like things like That's that. That's right. So um, <laughs> like me. So when we when we talked to Christy, we talked about like how do you know where the voice is coming from? Mm. Is it the enemy talking? You know, is it from God? So kind of in the same vein, like how do you avoid the pitfall of relying on only your conscience? So the tough thing is being deceived into believing. Now this is this is kind of where we get into where the community of the church is. Mm-hmm. And where I am sometimes and where I'm sure a lot of like strong believers have been. And that is that um, you can believe that you are hearing from the Lord. Yeah. But the way that you check yourself is to go to the scripture. Yeah. Yeah. You want if if you are willing to completely surrender your own idea of what is right and go to the scripture and hear from the Lord about it. Yeah. Then I believe that. Um, that is the only true way to avoid it or to literally just rend your heart, get on your knees and like yeah. sit with the Lord and say, God, tell me what is, tell me like the right thing. And we're in Lent right now. I mean, I think we'll still be there whenever this episode comes out. Yeah. Today is Ash Wednesday where we're recording it, but might be yeah. almost, it'll Easter. be a couple weeks away, mm-hmm. but um, what a perfect time to do that very thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't we, why, why are we so hesitant to 
again, I'm not judging, not judging because I've done this too. But I think that sometimes it's the tail wagging the dog when it comes to prayer sometimes or when it comes to defining what you consider right and wrong Mm -hmm. as a Christian or as just a non-Christian. Because what you're doing is telling God what is right and then making sure that's okay. Yeah. As opposed to hearing from the Lord first. And so I think that it's important to make sure that you are being submissive to God first before you make up your mind about what yeah. right and wrong is. Yeah, definitely. Um, so there you go. What about you, Zach? What What's a good way to avoid um, relying on conscience alone? Yeah, I would say going to the scriptures first, um, ultimately, and then asking God to show you mm. where you've been wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that um, in order to hear what the scripture is saying and hear what God is saying to us, I think that requires a bit of humility Yeah. And so sometimes it's okay to say like, God, like I may not even be aware of all the ways um, that I've fallen short. Why don't you show them to me? Right. And that can be painful, um, but it's worthwhile because it's the only way that you're going to see it sometimes. So do you want to jump into some scripture? Yeah. I mean, these are pretty quick, but uh, we were talking about conscience and um, how it's kind of everybody's inner sense of judgment. And so, uh, judges 21, 25 describes, um, what the world was like during the period of history that it covers. Yeah. And it says that everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And Mm. I I really don't think that that's a problem just for then. That is a problem really for all people everywhere at all times. Right. Yeah. And yeah, what what seems right based on your yeah. own understanding, and we'll get to that scripture. But yeah, in mm-hmm. Romans one and two, Paul kind of expands on that idea. Um, he actually talks about how people were given um, the natural law, and they actually were made aware of it to some degree, and they still right. chose to do wrong um, because it was it was right. They called evil good. Um, yeah, and so. Yeah, it's just kind of the pitfalls of like falling into like your conscience. Like you're basically deciding right and wrong if you're just going on your conscience alone. Well, the other the the even more scary eventuality, like you said, thinking right is wrong and wrong is right. Yeah. Um. Somebody, a, a believer, once told me that the literal definition of perversion. I I haven't had a chance to look this up, but hmm. the literal definition of perversion being thinking what is wrong is right and what is right is mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. And uh, no, I think I did look that up. The, um. And so, the the thing that's scary is that the way that Satan works in this world. Yeah. The way that the the craftiness of Satan and, and believe me, people, if you don't think that Satan is a real person, is a real entity, a real enemy, believe me, he is. <laughs> believe the scripture and you'll know. So the tough thing is that there's like truth and lies that are twisted to sound like yeah. complete truth. Yeah. And we see that when Jesus is tempted out in the desert and we see that so many other places where the scripture can be contorted and made to make sense to, to a certain end. But yeah, the second that you start believing 
something that seems right, but don't check with God first is the second that you will, yeah. you will be turned away from what, what God is trying to do for you. Yeah. And then another time that Paul talks about this is in Ephesians two, one through five. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that one is really interesting. It captures my imagination somewhat because it talks about how, um, like you abandon the scriptures, but you followed um, like the spirits of the air and the spirits right. of water and spirits of nature. Um, like the way that it talks about that, it's kind of like almost talking about like worshiping other gods, yeah. you know? And so <clears throat> in Paul's eyes, those entities are real. It's just that they are spiritual forces from the dark side. Right. You know? And so like we literally um, were following like the devil and his forces and and that's kind of what what it's hinting at there. But verse four, it turns around because like we were completely dead and it's hyperbolic, but it's true. Like we weren't just in need of like a spiritual renewal. We weren't just in need of like changing our minds. Like what we needed was like life itself because like we were literally dead in our transgressions. Right. But verse four, but God intervened through his love. That's the turnaround right there. I just exactly. thought it was really good. So he still calls out to us even in uh, that sin and even when we're stuck following stuff that's not right. Yeah, and I have Romans 12, 2 opened up here mm-hmm. in my Bible in the NIV yeah. um, because um, you you were very uh, adamant about making sure we talked about sanctification. And I agree because of the idea of the, what the Holy Spirit does when it renews your, your heart and your mind. Mm-hmm. So I'll this just go is, ahead and read it. This is a memory verse for me, for I, sure. I kind of tracked this yeah. one down to look a little bit uh, after you had told me about it um, as I was looking through the to, through the word. But um, yeah, I'll just start from one. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern mm-hmm. of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good, pleasing and perfect will. Yeah. And I think that's, that's interesting because if you think about the idea of baptism, about the idea of sanctification, what it clearly lists in the scripture is a complete cleansing of like the impurities, the, the, the bad things that would take you away from God and allows you to have this like lifeline of focus towards his will. I think that the the verbs in that sentence are yeah. very important because if you think about the difference between conformed and transformed, ooh, yeah. The world conforms you. I mean, to me that implies you conform to it. Yeah, that implies mm-hmm. that the world has this way of being and it asks you like to to change in a way that you fit like with its scheme and you're just stuck there. Like you were conformed, like conformity, you know, is not necessarily right. seen as a good thing, but Jesus transforms you and renews you. Right. You know, that's more like you're being restored. Like the image of God in you is being uncovered and taken back to the way that it's supposed to be. Exactly. So. And so the last the last scripture I'll I'll read here, and I might even go all the way down to eight just because I like this um particular proverb. But in Proverbs three, 
five through eight. And I'll just I'll I'll read this. Then we can finish out. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all of your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. And I think a lot of times that the way I've heard it is make straight your paths. Um, Jessica's mom uses this scripture a lot, but it goes on to say, do not be mm-hmm. wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord yeah. and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. I mean, kind of like oatmeal, like how it <laughs> sticks to your bones. <laughs> I, whenever I have kids, I'm going to just have a bowl of like oatmeal, like really plain and boring and they'll want cereal and I'll push it towards them and I'll say, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Eat this so that Eat you can it. have health in your bones. <laughs> I don't know who came up with Calcium. oatmeal sticks to your bones, <laughs> but that's just what they always say. So, what? okay, so we've talked a whole lot tonight. Yeah. What, Zach, what have we come away thinking? What is our piece o- over this subject? I think Proverbs sums it up greatly. Don't lean on your own understanding. Follow after God and realize that his greatest communication to us is his word. And so you're not going to be compelled to go against scripture, especially a good understanding of scripture, at least the language before we said about how, like if you went against your conscience, it would feel like you were sinning, you know, that article. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think if you go against the Holy spirit, you'll feel it. Oh yeah. Especially if you're a child of God and you're submitted to his conviction. Right. Yeah, you're not going to want to do that long. Yeah. Right. And so that's, uh, I guess that's that's all I can really say is like, like you, let's not lean on our understanding. Let's let's let God lead the way. Yeah. Because Amen. all he all he wants is for us to live a good life. Like uh, he 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 wants. He wants a life that will lead to. I mean, I know some people say God doesn't always want you to be happy, but I think you can rest in the joy of the the paths that God has laid out for you. It says that he'll conform the desires of your heart to his. Exactly. You know, so you will be transformed. And again, you know, transformed by the renewal of your mind rather than conformed to something that you don't want to be conformed to. There you go. Yeah. Well, thanks again for listening. Thank you very much. Um, thanks for bearing with us during this like really heady and almost somewhat academic piece that we made. This will be this will not be like a always thing. This was just a cool subject that we wanted to delve deep into. But we just found that we couldn't avoid delving deep into it because there was just so much there. And we've only scratched the surface. We this. could make this a if we were a church, we could have made this like a like a four week series. If we oh, really yeah, wanted for to. sure. Yeah. But um, I will say for everybody who is listening, thank you so much for being uh, a listener. Thank you for giving us a chance to uh, discuss the issues in your ear. Uh, we would ask that you would check us out on Facebook, um, all of the podcast streaming services. Yeah. Spotify. And would you leave us a rating? That really helps us out, especially if oh, you, absolutely. Especially if you're using Apple iTunes, Apple um, podcast, give us five stars, comment, comment. Um, you don't have to leave a review. You can literally just hit the five stars and call it a day. But um, we, we love to hear from a community and that's really what we're passionate about right now is, is developing a community of people who, uh, want to discuss the Lord and get deep in the scripture and, and find out about different perspectives all around the world and God's body. So there you go. So yeah, thanks again. And you all have a good week. <laughs>